Welcome to the Crystal Crawford Show. I'm Crystal Crawford, and I invite you to a deep exploration of the tools of access consciousness and a totally different way of being. Well, oh my goodness, you guys, welcome to the Crystal Crawford Show, another episode, another adventure, and I am so thrilled and excited and honored to have Miss Simone Millicis on my show with me today. Hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Crystal. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And if you guys are watching this, of course, you see her. If you're listening, um, well, now you know. Um, I want to take this conversation in 25,000 different directions. So let's see where we start. But Simone has been the worldwide coordinator of Access Consciousness for a long time, 16, 17 years. Um, and now she's an advanced facilitator, facilitating choice of possibilities and, and really contributing to everything else under the sun and has been one of the biggest inspirations for me, one of the biggest contributions to me, pretty inadvertently, actually, through just by being her, and which, by the way, is the greatest facilitation. And um, so I'm just, I'm excited and I'm thrilled and I can't wait to see where we go. And I call this week's episode, Money, Are You Waiting For It? Because I actually found a clip of one of the calls that you did, Simone. Uh, I think it was the Being Needless call. And it's somewhere on SoundCloud. I think somebody might have even stolen it from the call, actually. But it was so good. And you were talking about money. And one of the things that you mentioned was, um, are you waiting for it? And for what reason? Like, why can't we start asking for it now? So I thought that was a cool conversation and a place we could start. Um, I want to, like, dive into your world and ask you everything right now. So. Can you tell me a little bit about, I know that you haven't always had money. You started where you started. And I know you've told your story 8,200 times, but like, have you always had money? And if you haven't, like, where did you start? What, what was, what's your money story at the beginning? Okay. All right. So like sort of short and sweet. Uh, it's, it's had a variety of, uh, of, you know, roads that I've gone through. And look, yeah. I, I grew up, I'm going to say, more middle class or even above middle class. Like I went to a private school. I did all of that. So I actually grew up with money uh, in a sense. But what I did was hands on hips, petulant, I don't need your money, which is like I, I look at it now and I'm like, wow, Simone, were you insane? And I yeah. absolutely refused money from my parents for years. And my poor father, who just absolutely adored me and loved me and just wanted to, you know, he was working to give to his kids. And here am I going, no, I don't want your money. So I flat out did this refusal of money for a really long time, which created the place that I had no money and also created the place where I found myself in a huge amount of debt. Um, I ended up, like once I actually looked at it all and realized I was about 187000 Australian dollars in debt. And I didn't need to be that. Like I really had, it was like such a, I don't know, like a dodgy thing to say, but it was like I had a lot of possibilities available, but I refused it. And somewhere I had this really, like this energy towards money was I don't need you. I don't want you. I don't, I'm not going to invite you into my life because there's something beyond money. And I used to, I mean, even at one stage, I remember going to India and then coming home and I started walking around where I live and wearing a bindi on my head and long flowing skirt and no shoes because I was like, I don't need shoes, you know. Like <laughs> none of it was from It was all from like I have the rightness of my point of view, you know. Money doesn't make you happy sort of thing. And I was like, 
well, yeah, I've realized money doesn't make you happy, but hell, it makes you a life hell of a lot easier. So I, I put myself through this unnecessary hardship is what I want to say. I love that. Can you tell me, though, I, what I'm looking at is in there, was there an awareness of a possibility that you were aware of that you had decided money wasn't a part of or something else? Like one no, of the things I'm like, yeah. Well, I guess, and thank you, because you're bringing out the brightness of my really yeah. like stupid choices. And, and it's not like that, like not judging the choice, but it's like, I knew that there was something else possible and I knew that that possibility wasn't necessarily relying on money, but I yeah. sort of did the antithesis of it and went, I will not have you. So I refused yep. money. Whereas, and then, and to tell you the truth, I went through this stage where I went, God, I can't do this anymore. Cause I was overseas, came home and had to move back in with my parents. And I was like, mm, not very much like, that's not my smartest choice. That's not what I want to do either. So then I had a justification for money and I see so many people have a justification. I said, okay, I'll be willing to receive money, but I'll do good things with it. And that's the justification I did. And so I went through all these different, I call them phases until eventually yeah. I just, well, what if I just received money? Like what if I just had money? So I knew that there was something else different that we could be on the planet and especially with the earth. And I'd look at the earth and go, well, the earth doesn't need money. But it, like stomping my feet and hands on my hips and being petulant about the refusal of money didn't get me anywhere. <laughs> so, so that didn't, so, cause what I see you doing now is like contributing in every possible way to a different planet. And it seems like a lot of that is possible one by who you are, but also you have money. So you can contribute to the things that are going on, the things that are getting created yeah. with El Lugar and, and the castle and, and things I don't know about. Um, and so cool. Um, so when did that, like, so did this go on for a while and started to shift with Gary or did it start to shift before or what's that part? Yeah, look, one of the, uh, I mean, I was using access consciousness tools for a long time and they were working and it was like, wow, this is changing my life. I'm actually waking up happy because there was a long time when I first came onto access, I would wake up crying like Me too. four, five, six, six, six days of the week. And I thought that was normal, Crystal. I was like, doesn't everyone wake up crying? Yeah, and I was. I actually, I described myself as a sad person. Like there were happy people right. and there were sad people, and I was a sad person. Right. Well, I didn't think I had a description for it. I just went. I thought everyone does that. And then when I came across <laughs> access and things started to change, I was like, oh, I can wake up happy, and crying doesn't have to be a part of your day. <laughs> and so my life was changing quite dramatically and really quickly. Yeah. And then I. I was sitting in a, a seminar that Gary and Jane were doing and in the Gold Coast Australia, which I organized and it was on money. And I literally remember sitting there going, hearing them talk. And I was like, oh, here they go again. These tools about money, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, and honestly, listening to them thinking this is bullshit. Those tools are never going to work. They're crazy. That's insane. As if that would work. And I'd have all these like, like judgments and projections about what it is. And I was organizing the seminar, working with the guys, but I was like, mm, yeah, this money stuff. And then I remember sitting there thinking, this is insane. Every other access tool I've used has worked. So why would I not give the money tools a shot? So I did. And that's when everything started to change is when I actually started using the tools. Do you remember the first tool or two that you started applying? I very vividly because I hated them. Um, <laughs> I really did. It's like I picked three tools. They, they did this whole seminar. Uh, which the book Money Isn't the Problem You Are is created based on that seminar. So I highly recommend that book. It's brilliant. There you go. Um, yeah. Living living out of it. Like it's dog-eared. Like, yes. 
Yeah. So I've picked three tools from that book because uh, God forbid I choose them all. It was like three tools. And the three tools that I chose was um, one is carry an amount of money with you that you perceive a wealthy person would carry. And that made no sense to me. I was like, why am I carrying this money around with me that no, that I can't spend, that I can't do anything with, right? And then the second tool was your 10% account, which I honestly thought was one of the dumbest tools I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, this makes no sense. I'm $187,000 in debt. And yet every $100 I earn, I'm going to put $10 away. That's just for me. It's not for anyone else. It's not to pay bills. It's not for a rainy day. It's to honor me. And I was like, that's, that's crazy. That's insane. And the third one, which is probably the one that started to make almost, I'm going to say the biggest shift was I, every day, every time anything to do with money would come up, I would ask, what is my point of view around this? Because I realized I was buying into everybody else's point of view around money. Like, and you grow up with a, you know, a family, culture, uh, religion, all of that about what your point of view is supposed to be. So when someone would go, oh, that's too expensive, and you, you automatically go, oh, yeah, that's too expensive. And then so I'd stop myself and go, oh, hang on a second. They think it's too expensive. But is that my point of view? And so I'd start to ask what. So if I was creating my my life, my world, my reality uh, with finances, what would I choose? And to be honest, when I asked that question, I had no idea. And it's not as though this cognitive answer came up, but it started to sort of break apart all the areas where I was functioning from everybody else's point of view around money. And can I say what I did was with those three tools, I didn't tell anyone I was going to use them just for me, just for fun. Don't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And at that time in my life too, the people who were around me, I didn't really, wasn't surrounding myself by people who were truly supportive of me having everything and creating anything I desire. Yeah. You know, um, I gave myself three months and I set a, a note in my calendar that at three months I would look at where I was financially and I went, okay, Simone, three months, commit to three months. What's the worst thing that can happen? You have some money, you can spend it, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I and at the end of those three months, I sat down with myself and looked at it all and went, oh, it wasn't like I had a great deal of money, but I, uh, I realized that my judgment around money had changed and there was a different energy, like actually having money and having that 10% because I had never truly honored me with money. And I think that's one of the biggest steps that people need to look at and take is like, you're worth it. You're worth every cent and more. I love that so much. I didn't actually call my 10% account an honoring account until I finally listened to one of the conversations you were having. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Because I honored me and then I would dishonor me and spend it. And then I would honor me and then I would dishonor me and spend it. And of course, the results of that, which is that everything plummets when you choose to spend that account. Um, and then I made a demand of myself of like, nope, we're letting this accumulate and we're letting this accumulate and we're letting this accumulate. And then something shifted in my world at a certain amount, exactly what Gary said would occur occurred um, at a certain dollar amount. We took a trip and I came back and I'm like, I have money. And yeah. I never had that sensation before ever in my life. I'd never had it from anything else, from anyone else. It wasn't anything anybody could have told me about, but it shifted something for me forever. And since that moment, I have been creating from that sensation of, of having money. It's really a miracle. Yeah, I, I agree. And I and just to reiterate what you said, 
that everybody has a certain amount of money that when they get that in their honoring account, it has a sense of freedom for them. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I think it was about like $8,000 to begin with. And then it was about 30,000. And now it's like, you know, then it got to like over a hundred thousand and, you know, I have more than half a million in my 10% account. And I'm also got, you know, I've bought jewelry and I've bought gold and I've bought platinum and I've bought silver and I've bought all this. And I literally have never spent it. Like I watched, a, you know, a mutual friend of ours, the co-creator of Access, staying here. I watched him put money away in his, temp in his honor account and spend it. And then he, everything just went like down. And I went, oh, like watching a movie. And I was like, thanks, Dane, for taking one for the team. Not going to choose that, you know. And I, and I didn't. And I, was like, I told him that recently and he was like, wow, he goes, you're welcome. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> And Dane now, it just like, has, yeah, he told a story. And yeah, he's a totally different story now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Parisa just asked, can the 10% account be spent on gold and diamonds? But I'm wondering actually what, how you would talk about, is it spending it on gold and diamonds or is it something else? I'm going to say you are the one that knows. Like I see a lot, a lot of people, a lot of classes and everything like that. People are like, can I, and they're almost looking for permission so that if everything gets destroyed, then, you know, they can blame me for saying yes. So I'm going <laughs> to put it to you and say, you know, like, yeah. like I said, for me, there's a certain amount of money that I, that I require in my honoring account to create more, that it just contributes to me. No one yeah. knows that except for me. I am the only one that knows if I went and spent too much that I go like this crank on my world. So it's like, and for me, I've spent, uh, there was one uh, ring that I bought. It was a five and a half carat diamond ring. And I was looking for this diamond ring and Chris Hughes found it. And I bought it for $42,000 within a week. It was valued at 140,000. Like everyone in it, it was on an auction in Australia and everyone who's anyone in that industry was like, who has that ring? How did they get it at that price? And I was like, yes. So when I wear that ring, it's like, it's my 10, it's my honor account on my hand, which I was really grateful. One day I was traveling on a plane and this uh, air hostess came and said to me, she goes, oh my God, you know, aren't you lucky? Like who brought that for you? And I went, I bought it for me. And it was so cool. Cause the look on her face was like, you can buy a diamond ring that big for yourself. You don't have to wait for somebody else to buy it for you. And I was like, yeah. no, I bought it for me. But I also have already created more. And, and actually Chris said to me the other day, you know, that would be valued at more now. So that was years ago, valued at 140 and I spent 42,000. So to me, if you are spending your 10%, you are the only one that knows if it's going to actually contribute or it's going to start destroying your money flows. And if it contributes, buy something that has intrinsic value. Like I yeah. like buying the little gold bullions and silver's fun because you can get it in big blocks and pile it mm -hmm. up like adults Lego, let's call it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and platinum is something I recently bought as well. And ask yourself though, it's like, you know, will it make you money? Will it, will it create more for you? So like, yeah. to me, it's about having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, I love your point of view about fun. That's a whole other show. <laughs> um, yeah, for me personally, I, I, w I actually in the beginning with my 10% knew myself enough to know that if I kept it in cash, I would use it. And so I used it to purchase jewelry, which then contributed so much to my world and everything. And then at a certain point, continuing to buy jewelry was exactly what you said. It was not contributing to cash flow. I was start, I was, so I knew I had to let it build up. And at that point, that's when it changed into having money. So it's totally true. 
Um, yeah, Andres said he remembers when we found out the value price of the Colombian emerald. So I bought an emerald in an auction and I bought it for way under what it was valued at. And then we got it appraised and it was like $40,000 and I think I bought it for seven. So there's those fun moments too. <laughs> like, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a few people ask me some questions and I was just curious what your what your take on this would be. Somebody was asking, can you sense money as an awareness or does the awareness of money come from the questions you ask? Um, I would say, I mean, you can sense money everywhere, but most of the time it's like people are judging money, uh, judging the money they have and the money they don't have and judging people with money and people without money, etc. So I would say money shows up from the questions you ask and from using the tools. I mean, Christopher Hughes the other day said that he was a millionaire from using access consciousness tools. And I went, damn, and I went, so am I. And I was yeah. talking to Dean and he went, so am I. And I was like, there's a lot of people who are. Like, we all didn't have money. It's like, no. you know, we have these weird ass stories that we created throughout our lives. But we literally became millionaires and I'm asking to be a billionaire from access consciousness tools. But the thing is, you're not like, and if I say I'm asking to be a billionaire, it's like, I know it brings up stuff in people's worlds. Cause they're like, they go to, oh, you know, greedy, needy, da da da. And it's like, no, it's none of that. And you know, I could, I could use, I could say something like if I was a billionaire, then how many people are actually choosing access consciousness in the world, you know? But that's also a justification. It's like, what if I just chose to be a billionaire for the sheer fun of it? And like, as you mentioned, Crystal, at the beginning, I love being able to contribute to the most random of things. Like, I mean, even in Australia at the moment, I helped pay for this Aboriginal elder to get out of jail because he gave this amazing speech about, you know, 25 million Australians working together and then they arrested him for not wearing a mask. But I was able to contribute to helping him get out. It's like I'm involved in some class action suits here. I'm literally just donating money to these class action suits in Australia. I'm like, well, to me, that's why I have money. So I can choose to do that and create change in the world. And, and you know, there's, there's so many other things. And that to me is like, wow, how did I get so lucky to be able to be that level of contribution with money as well as by just being me in the world? Yeah. And your, your class that's coming up is called It's Money, Are You Choosing It? And I think that's very relevant to this question. Um, like, what do you mean by that? Well, it, it is just money. And and trust me, like like I was talking to you before, I did everything I could to refuse it. And I tell you this one story with my dad is when I actually chose, like I had this insane point of view. He'd said to me once that he will never leave, he won't die until he knows that all of his kids are financially stable. So somewhere in my insane world, I went, I will create myself to be a financial mess so my father can stay alive. Because he was literally the only person in my family who got me. You know, he was an amazing man. He's passed away now for about nine years. And when I realized that, I went, crap. And I went and spoke to him and he was like, ah, oh, Simone, he said, what are you doing? And we had this conversation. And I was, you know, quite in debt. And he gave me a check for $50,000. And I received it. I literally received the check and I remember watching him and his whole body just like relaxed and calmed down. And I went, wow, I've been so unkind to not receive what he would like to be gifting me. And I'll never forget that moment because I thought I was being so righteous and so, 
you know, pious in my point of view. And this beautiful, amazing, you know, general, generosity of spirit beyond man only wanted to help his daughter. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. So for me, it was that the, the really the vulnerability of saying, okay, I'm going to receive from the world because the world is willing to give to you like you with that, um, the, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, like to me, that's really exciting because most people go, oh, I need to work hard to create this, right? It's the amount of hours or blah. No, it's not. Buy, a, buy an emerald for $7,000 and find out that it's worth a hell of a lot more later. It's like, if you are willing, money can show up a hell of a lot easier than what you're choosing it. And we spend so much energy in not choosing it. So for me, it's money. Are you choosing it? There's something you said though, that I would love to see if we can expand upon. It was an energy of the world wants to gift to you. And what I recognized when you said that was that even in my world, what I'm out creating is the point of view that I have to earn it or get it or, you know, the, all of those energies that are not, oh, the world actually wants to support me energies, the vulnerable energies. the And so is there more you can say about that or yeah, is, do you recognize when that changed for you even? Oh, I mean, I'm saying at that, that, I think when I started to, when I made the commitment to use those three tools, right, from the class, the money isn't the problem, you are. Um, and then when I committed, there was a whole lot, like even using those three tools, but there's a whole lot of things that unraveled, including the insane points of view that I had around money, which, you know, we create this insanity around it rather than really taking a moment going, okay, what is my point of view around money? And, and also don't be uh, ashamed of it and don't be um, like if you if you desire something great like I just got this email today um, from my amazing travel agent in Australia and she said I hope you don't mind Simone she said but I put you on our VIP jet list because I booked a couple of jets with them and I and what that means is any of the jets that come to Australia that are going back somewhere empty she'll let me know. And you should see this check you sent me today. I actually sent it to Christopher Hughes and a bunch of people. And I was like, guys, it's 120,000 Australian dollars. If it's 14 people, it's got two double beds. Like you have to leave on the 2nd of December from Melbourne. But I was like, and I said to my travel agent, keep sending them to me because that sort of thing, that request, I'm like, yes, I'll have that. Yeah. It's like, you know, will it actually show up at the moment? I don't have an answer for you, but I'm asking for it. And there's such a fine line um, please have a look at this, guys. When you hear me talking about, you know, a private jet or the amount I have in my honor account or something like that, if you are going to a judgment, it's like how much are you judging the money you have or you don't have? Because it is a choice and money is not the most important thing to me. It's like consciousness is and always has been. I remember as a teenager writing this whole piece about how what would it be like if we were more vulnerable with each other and the world didn't make sense to me. So I kept choosing, you know, these things. And the world didn't make sense to me, so I refused money because I thought, oh, well, maybe that will make me a better person, refusing money. It didn't make me a better person. It just made my life pretty shitty with what I couldn't, you know, have in it. And I had to move back with my parents. And it was like, no, thank you. So it's like having money or not having money doesn't make you a better or a worse person. Who you be is who you be. And then when you when you if you're willing to receive money, it can be a hell you know hell of a lot more fun with it. Like I just drove somewhere a couple of days ago with my assistant, and I have a convertible BMW. And we're in the car, 
and, we, and I put the roof down. She was just like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And, like, she had her hands in the air and we are playing music and she was like, this is great. And I'm like, it is. I said, my point of view is everyone should have a convertible at some point in their life because it's yes. just a joy. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? Yes. Oh, yeah. So the world is willing to gift you money. So everything that doesn't allow more of that to show up. <laughs> well, here's the thing too, Crystal. What if we what if we sort of engaged in that energy we were as kids? Yeah. Because when you're a kid, especially under the age of like seven, it's like you didn't have a point of view of of what money was or it wasn't, or someone gifting you or not gifting you. It's like um, I mean, Preston, uh, Lauren and uh, Dylan's, uh, one of their kids, Preston, he was at my class the other day and he was running bars. He was so cute. It's a dollar a minute and he does five minutes. And uh, and he, he said, I'm going to have more money than mum. <laughs> and he was running bars and he was so cute. And at the end, apparently at night time, he said, you know what, mum, even when I get really rich and I'm richer than you and I don't have to work for money, he said, I'm still going to keep running bars because I really enjoy that. And that was pretty much how I went, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, mic drop. And it's like, what if you are actually enjoying what it is you do each day? Then the money just shows up. And I know people are like, that sounds so cheesy, but it's true. It's like, keep choosing for the joy of it. And money and wealth sort of follow. They want to play with you when you're choosing joy. Did you ever have to go on an exploration of what joy was for you? Or did you sort of stumble into it and I'll kind of always function from it and didn't know you were doing that or something else? Uh, yes. And I would say it's still an exploration. And um, at the risk of saying like, I'm just set this up. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> the Joy Business book, if you can see that against all yeah. my wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was probably one of the first places that I realized I had a joy in an area that I thought everybody had. Like when mm -hmm. I had a conversation with Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, that about business and about it being joyful. And he looked at me and he went, so my people don't do business for the joy of it. And I went, yes, they do. And he went, no, they don't. We went back and forth. And I went, and he went, you're different. He said, you've got to get that you do business for the joy of it, but that's not how this reality functions. And I was like, hey. And that's when I actually started to enjoy business classes. So in that area, yes, I, I've had joy. And, and I've got to say, I, I'm going to say the key to having joy in an area is to have no point of view because I never had a point of view. Now, if I look at something like my body, it's like I've litany of judgment with my body for so long, like mm -hmm. I'm 52 now. And I'm going to say probably until I was 48, 49, it was like I was really good at judgment and didn't have a hell of a lot of joy. It's like these snippets of joy. And then the last few years, I've just gone, I'm done. And then I've noticed how much my body has changed and how much my, my um, I don't know, my relationship or the communion I have with my body has changed and how much easier it is from choosing to have joy with it. So for me, having joy with business was easy. Having joy with my body was not. So can I just say, like, if I've taken one for the team for you all, just have joy in any area of your life because it just gets way easier and way better. <laughs> I've had to really explore what that is. Like I didn't I didn't know what that meant. I had to I've really had to like seek out and look at what is joy for me and how does it show up for me and you know untangle where I bought that it looked like this and was this and then really look at it 
for me. And there are some areas where I've just have a natural amount of business for me is one of those areas as well. Like I could just talk about business and do business and like anything business. I'm like, yes, let's, let's everything. I would rather have cocktails and do business than anything on the planet. Me too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's very clear to me. And then, um, and then everything else has been this, this exploration. So I guess I wanted to just say that because if you guys are in a similar place where you don't know what that is for you, that's pretty normal. And a lot of times I've found what isn't joy easier than I could find what is. And you just have to start asking, like, what is joyful for me? But the thing is, though, Crystal, like with business, the way you talk about it, the way I talk about it, like, have you ever tried to work it out or do you just choose? I just choose. I know. Sometimes I try to work it out and then I go have a drink and then I just choose. Right. So it's the cocktail part that's actually the magic. <laughs> it loosens up the need to be right, you know. Funny because the area is like, I can't tell you how much I've tried to choose the right choice or something. I'm using body as an example because it yeah. was sort of like almost the antithesis of how I was with business. Yeah. And you try and put the hard work in and just, like it's not about trying to work it out or make it mean something or find the, you know, the missing answer. It's like, it's no, it's just choosing. Yeah. Simone, I could talk to you for another hour. I, you might have something to go do. <laughs> um, you do have a class coming and there's a banner on the bottom of the screen. So you guys are more than welcome to come. And it's a three part. It's actually three different telecalls in one. So it's your life. Are you choosing it? It's money. Are you choosing it? And it's your body. Are you choosing it? And we really made this conversation more about money just because we did. But you guys are invited to check that out and just see what's going to create more for you. Um, I just want to tell you personally that I got so much out of your Choice of Possibilities class because it was you, because you facilitated and you were you. And I'm so grateful for you for being in the world and being in my life. And, um, yeah. Well, and if you- I just want to say something to you is like over the past few years when I travel around, well, I've traveled, whatever, and I meet these random people that I you know, haven't met before and they always say to me, ah, oh, I listen to your podcast and I also listen to Crystal Crawford. <laughs> you are like one, of the, like one of the main top names that comes out. So it's like, it's brilliant. There's so many amazing people listening to you all over the world. So thank you for being everything you're being too. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys are more than invited. And if you have any questions about the class, you can reach out to me. And of course, um, if you are looking to create a totally different reality with money, my top tips are the how to become money workbook and money's not the problem you are. And if any, if, if anything, take the three tools that Simone recommended in this book and just apply them. And I promise you they work because I have been equally transformed and continue to choose it. So Simone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I thank you guys for watching and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to this show. My target is to make consciousness easy to find. So if you enjoyed this, please leave a five-star review and also share this with a friend who you know might be looking for more consciousness in their life. You can visit me on crystaljoycrawford.com and to learn more about the incredible life-changing tools of access consciousness, go to accessconsciousness.com and theclearingstatement.com and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Mm-hmm.